Please support the bar by like, subscribe, and sharing the channel. Follow me on multiple social media outlets such as Facebook, Instagram, CloudHub, Gab, Twitter, and Truth Social. You can also follow me on multiple media platforms such as Anchor.fm, Pill.net, TheFoxhole.app, Twitch, Rumble, BitChute, and YouTube. If it is impressed upon you to support the bar financially, please do so via PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Bits on Twitch, or Gold Pills on the Foxhole.app or Pill.net. There is a merchandise store that's also available, as I will put the link on the description box. You can also come check out the speakuneasy.tv as I will be making weekly updates on the website. Your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you and God bless you. Welcome to the Speak Uneasy, a safe space where cancel culture does not exist because we are in a different prohibition era. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Uneasy with your host, the bartender. Tonight's random read comes from the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, The Lord is Faithful. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith, but the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that yea doth do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Once again, this random read comes from the, bo the second book of Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses one through five, the Lord is faithful. It's been a while. It's been quite some time since I've done the recorded content part of this show. As I have, I just did a complete revamping of the show. And since the reason why I've started doing the podcasts to begin with is because, you know, um, if you guys have have you know if you guys listen to the earlier shows that I've used to that I've done before um I I I give a lot of credit to God for 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 me to do this and um and so now I think I'm going to be veering my show more towards my journey with God and also to to um I don't know I, I guess you can say educate even though I'm not an educator um I'm going to be doing digs on on certain religious quote religious groups that claim to be um for God but in hindsight they're really not. 
So um, I'm really excited about doing this. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, only God will direct me. He'll give me the direction on where to go. And I'm just going to follow because this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing to begin with. I mean, it was all fun and games doing the whole, you know, commentary on news. But how does that how does that direct people more towards Christ if I'm doing that instead of glory glorifying God more? So this is where I'm at now. And as far as like making the cocktails as well, well, I, I don't think I'll be doing that particularly in this show. I'll probably do it on my live shows or I've, I have been doing it on my live shows, but I will not be doing it on my recorded content because, because for, for the simple fact that you guys can't see me making these cocktails. I mean, it was fun making the cocktails, but um, it'll be even more nicer or make more sense if I was able to present it to you via video. But since this is a recorded podcast, I obviously can't do it. So maybe if you're able to catch my live shows, even though I'm still not on video, maybe you can hear me make the cocktail. And uh, usually when I'm making cocktails for a particular show, the shows are more pertaining towards news related stuff as opposed to um, my journey with God. So anyhow, that's a little bit um. I needed to let you guys know since I've been away for such a long time and uh, I really hope that I get more listeners and I hope that this message will inspire somebody out there um, to have that relationship with Christ to to um, be more serious about that relationship with Christ. And look, I'm not trying to force anybody into believing what they want to believe in. But as for me, um, believing in God, believing in Christ, believing in Yeshua HaMashiach, which is God's son who has spilled his blood for, for the redemption of our sins. That's where I'm at. And it's been such a beautiful experience. And the only way that, that, uh, you guys will understand my experience with God is if you actually go into that journey yourself, because, you know, at the end of the day, words from somebody are just words from somebody. A testimony is just a testimony. But if you actually experience it for yourself, then you get to understand what what the value of my words are. So take that for what that's worth. And uh, let's get let's get this thing started. I'm really excited about this whole thing. So the topic of discussion for today, okay, is um, we're going to take it. We're going to be talking about the Jesuits. We're going to talk about the Jesuits. But uh, we, before we even do that, we got to rewind it back uh, more uh, before it got started. And who was the founder of the Jesuit order? So, you know, um, I did a paper in college about the Jesuits and the founder of the Jesuits was Ignatius of Loyola. And I'll read a little bit of history about him. And then as we do different episodes, progress for different episodes, I'll be, you know, 
talking a little bit more and more about um, the Jesuits, how they were found and all that stuff. And then other topics, other topics after I'm done with that. So let's get started with uh, Ignatius of Loyola. Okay. I got this information here from newworldencyclopedia.org. And I'm just going to read it. I'm giving them the credit for this. Uh, this is his, like we're doing a historic dig right now. Okay. So it says here, St. Ignatius of Loyola, also known as Ignacio Lopez de Loyola. He was born on December 24th, 1491. Uh, and he lived till July 31st of 1556. Was a Spanish theologian and one of the most influential figures in the Catholic Reformation of the 16th century. After a spiritual conversion during his convalescence from wounds sustained in battle, he determined to emulate Christ as closely as possible and began a life of extreme ascetism and prayer. Okay, so just off the bat, just reading that, he wanted to emulate Christ which we uh, you know i who knows what that means that's open for interpretation but in my eyes what you're trying to do is you're trying to equate yourself to christ that's just the way i see it so he was trying to equate himself to christ okay the result was the spiritual exercise exercises a guide, of a guide to meditation and prayer, which is still used by Catholics and Protestants today to enhance their spirituality. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of Catholics and Protestants, I think a lot of people in general have gotten this all twisted with, um, with um, oh, new age beliefs. Okay. A lot of people have, combined um their belief in god with a lot of new age beliefs which is very pagan okay um and that's a very dangerous line to walk it really is i always live by what the bible tells me the bible is my guide to life and i in my opinion i think all the answers in life all the answers you need are in the bible you just have to know how to understand it in order for you to get the answers that you're looking for okay that's just my opinion other people may have a different opinion on that but this the, the bible has so many things like not only do i think it has it has answers to people's lives and what their problems are and what they're going through but i also think that it tells us a lot of history a lot of what's going on in the present time and a lot of things that are going to happen. Okay. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I'm still a baby in learning uh, biblical studies, but I do, I do biblical studies, but I'm still a baby at it. But so far, everything that I've learned is that, man, you get a lot of history from this thing. Um, it has definitely helped me in my life. It has definitely helped me in strengthening my relationship with God. And uh, I, I see history repeating itself again. So let me get back to, to the, uh, the, uh, the history of Ignatius here. 
Um, he was founder and superior general of the Society of Jesus, which is also commonly known as the Jesuits, confirmed by a papal bull in 1540. Ignatius and the early Jesuits recognized that the hier hierarchical church was in dire need of reform, and some of their greatest efforts were against the corruption. V venality, venality, excuse me, and spiritual lassitude within the Catholic Church. The Jesuit constitutions written by Ignatius Loyola and published in 1548 included a vow against seeking ecclesiastical honors instead of a high level of academic preparation for ministry. Ignatius also rejected some of the traditional forms of the religious life, such as physical punishments and the wearing of a distinctive religious habit in favor of greater adaptability and mobility. His spiritual exercises emphasized development of discernment, in quotes, the individual's ability to discern good from evil in order to choose the right course of action. By the time of Ignatius' death in 1556, the Jesuits were already operating a, a network of 74 colleagues on three continents whose curriculum incorporated the classical teachings of Renaissance humanism into the scholastic structure of Catholic thought. He also sent missionaries to Germany, India, Brazil, and the Congo region. Ignatius was canonized on March 12, 1622. His feast day is July 31st. He is the patron saint of Jipuz... Uh, Jipuzkoa, as well as the Society of Jesus. Early Life Ignatius was born Inigo on December 24th, 1491, at the ancestral castle of Loyola in the municipality of Aspetia, 16 miles southwest of Donostia, San Sebastian in the Basque province of Guipozcoa, Spain. I may be saying that wrong. I apologize if I am. The youngest of 13 children of a noble and wealthy family, Ignatius was only seven years old when his mother died. In 1506, Inigo became a page in the service of a relative Juan Velasquez de Cuellar, treasurer or cantador mayor of the kingdom of the castle in 1517 ignatius became a knight under another relative antonio manrique de lara duke of nehera and viceroy of navarre he participated in the defense of the small town of pamplona against the recently expelled 1512 navarrese monarchy who took refuge in Basse Navarre, a part of Navarre that did not surrender to the Spanish army and is an actual part of France. Greatly outnumbered, the Spaniards wanted to surrender, but Ignatius persuaded them to fight on. One leg wounded, the other broken by a cannonball, 
Ignatius was returned to his castle by the Navarrese. This event ended a period in his life which, in his own words, he was, this is in quotes, a man given to the vanities of the world, whose chief delight consisted in material exercises, with a great and vain desire to win renown. <coughs> and that's on the uh, autobiography one. The young Ignatius was described as a proud man, standing just under five feet two inches in height, with abundant red hair, who delighted in music and sacred hymns. Religious aspiration. After being given medical treatment at Pamplona, Ignatius transported back to Loyola in June of 1521. His condition began, became so serious that he was not expected to survive. When he began to reign, I'm sorry, regain his time, he was recovering. Ignatius read a number of religious texts on the life of Jesus and the saints. His copy of the lives of the saints contained prologues written by a Cistercian monk. I apologize, who represented the service of God as a holy chivalry. Ignatius became feel Ignatius became fired with the ambition to lead a life of self-denying labor and emulate the heroic deeds of Francis of Assisi and other great monastic leaders, and resolved to devote himself to the conversation of non-Christians in the Holy Land. Upon his recovery in 1522, Ignatius left his family and went to the Benedictine monastery of Montserrat, where he spent three days confessing the sins of his entire life, hung his military vestments, sword, and dagger near the statue of the Virgin Mary as a sign of his abandoned ambitions, and wearing sackcloth, spent the night of March 24 in prayer. The next day he went to Manresa, Catalonia, a town 30 miles from Barcelona, where he spent the decisive months of his career from March 25, 1522 to mid-February 1523 in a cave practicing the most rigorous uh, asceticism. He remained at the ascetic college de Montague for over seven years living as a beggar, eating and drinking sparingly, scourging himself, attending mass daily, and spending hours in prayer. During his period of spiritual trials and enlightenment, Ignatius sketched out the fundamentals of his devotional book, The Spiritual Exercises, which he continued to work on until the end of his studies in 1535. <clears throat> Pardon me. In March of 1523, Ignatius left Barcelona on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. He traveled through Rome, Venice, and Cyprus, reaching Jerusalem on September 4th. There, the Franciscan custodians of the shrines of the Latin Church refused to allow him to stay permanently. Ignatius visit, visited Bethany, the Mount of Olives, Bethlehem, and the Jordan River, 
and Mount of Temptation and returned Barcelona in March of 1524. Studies. After the pilgrim had learned that it was God's will that he should not stay in Jerusalem, he pondered in his heart what he should do and finally decided to study for a time in order to be able to help souls. This is in Ignatius Loyola, Autobiography 50. I'm assuming that's page 50. Ignatius decided to acquire the best possible education, believing that a well-trained man could accomplish more in a short period of time than an uneducated man who uh, than an uneducated man would accomplish in a lifetime. He was already 33 years old and ignorant of Latin, a necessary prerequisite for study at a university. For two years, he studied Latin grammar with young boys in a school in Barcelona. He then entered the University of Alcala in 1526. There, he began to explain Gospels to gatherings of students and adults and teach them how to pray. He attracted a small group of followers who were distinctive, who wore distinctive clothing. Since he was not an ordained priest, he was suspected of heresy, arrested by the Inquisition, and imprisoned for 42 days. He was found innocent, but was warned to stop his religious teachings of others. He moved to the University of Salamanca, and after two weeks, he was imprisoned again, this time along with his followers. He was acquitted, but was forbidden to teach anything but the most simple spiritual truths to young children. Unwilling to accept these restrictions, Ignatius left Spain and went to the University of Paris, where he remained as a student until 1535, living on alms. In 1528 and 1529, he went to Flanders to beg from Spanish merchants there. And in 1530, he visited England for the same purpose. In Paris, he gathered another group of followers whose unusual attire and behavior again attracted the unwelcome uh, attention of the authorities. On one occasion, Dr. Govea, the rector of College Sante Barbe, <coughs> pardon me, sentenced him to a public flogging. Man, they weren't joking back then, weren't they, huh? <laughs> They'll get you. Uh, but when he explained himself, the rector publicly apologized. He was called before the inquisitor once, but the proceedings were dropped when he demanded an immediate sentence. This indicated uh, incident convinced him that it would be prudent to withdraw from public religious activities until he was ordained as a priest. He also realized that in a, that in a city environment, it was impractical to practice severe asceticism, such as exterior mortification, going barefoot, fasting, and begging, of alms, begging for alms. He adapted the dress and habits of his followers to the life of the town and placed more emphasis on studies and spiritual exercises. I wonder what that means, spiritual exercises. <coughs> Who knows? In Paris, 
Ignatius finally achieved a coveted Master's of Arts at the College of De Sante Barbe, although his name Inigo was actually Basque for Enucus or Inusis in later life, he was often called Master Ignatius in recognition of his final academic credential. By 1534, he had six key companions, all of whom he had met as students at the University Francis Xavier, Alfonso Salmorons, Diego Lainez, and Nicolas Bobadilla, all Spanish, Peter Faber, a Frenchman, and Simão Rodriguez of Portugal. They shared his idea uh, they shared his ideal of living leading a life as similar as possible to Christ's in the Holy Land. They were joined soon afterwards by three others: Claude Leger, a Genevan Savoyard, Jean Coudure, and Pachace, is that how you say it? Pachès uh, Brot from fr uh, French. Foundation of the Society of Jesus. On August 15, 1534, he and the other six in St. Mary's Church, Montemarte, founded the Society of Jesus to enter upon hospital and missionary work in Jerusalem or to go without questioning wherever the Pope might direct. They took vows of poverty and chastity and a third vow to go to the Holy Land after two years when their studies were completed. Six months later, in 1535, bad health compelled Ignatius to return to his native country, after which he made his way slowly to Bologna. There, still unable to study because of ill health, he devoted himself to active works of charity until his companions could join him in Venice for their journey to the Holy Land. When his companions arrived in Venice in January 1937, 1937, what? Wow. They were unable to proceed any further because of war with the Turks and decided to wait one year and put themselves at the Pope's disposal. At Lent, Faber and some others traveled to Rome and got papal approval to do their order. Pope Paul III confirmed the order through the bull Regimini uh, Militantes in September 27th of 1540, but limited the number of its members to 60. The limitation was removed through the bull injunctum nobis on March 14th, 1543. The term Jesuit of 15th century origin meaning one who used too frequently or appropriated the name of Jesus, was first applied to the society in reproach 1544 to 1552 and was never employed by its Ignatius. Though members and friends of the society in times appropriated the name in its positive meaning. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break for now and then we're going to come back and uh, close it off. I hope this uh, has been informative as far as 
who the founder of the Jesuits or the Jesuit order is because we have to start from somewhere, right? And why not start from the beginning of the whole Jesuit order with Ignatius? Anyhow, I will see you guys after the break. And welcome back from the break. So as we press on with the history of the founder of the Jesuit order, Father General of the Jesuits, Ignatius was chosen as the first superior general of his religious order, invested with the title of Father General, in quotes, by the Jesuits. He sent his companions as missionaries around Europe to create schools, colleges, and seminaries. Juan de Vega, the ambassador of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor at Rome, had met Ignatius there, esteeming him and the Jesuits. When Vega was appointed viceroy of Sicily, he brought the Jesuits with him. A Jesuit college was open at Messina. It was notably successful, and its rule and methods were afterwards copied in other college colleges. In 1548, his book, <clears throat> spiritual exercises was finally printed and he was briefly brought before the Roman Inquisition but was released in 1546 Ignatius secretly received Francis Borgia Duke of Gandia and Viceroy of Catalonia into the society this created a public sensation when it became known four years later Borgia organized the Spanish provinces of the order and became the th its third general. Uh, let's see. At first, Ignatius was hesitant about placing the Jesuit brothers in colleges as teachers, but he soon came to realize the effectiveness of educational institutions as vehicles of his religious ideals. Yeah, because that's how you... That's how you brainwash people, man. Getting into the uh, education system. In his last years, he laid the foundation for a system of schools which made the Jesuits largely a teaching order. When King John III of Portugal sought diligent priests to evangelize the minister of, uh, to Christians in his new Asian opinions, he called on Ignatius... And in 1540, Francis Xavier was dispatched to India as the first of many Jesuit missionaries. Beginning in 1541, Ignatius became to consider certain customs and traditions which later became essential characteristics of the Jesuit order. In 1547, with the help of his secretary, he began to write the Jesuit constitutions adopted in 1554 and later subjected to minor changes. While serving as the first father general of the Jesuits, Ignatius suffered from frequent illnesses. In January of 1551, he became seriously ill and asked his associates to accept his resignation, but they refused, and he continued to direct the order until his death. He died in Rome on July 31, 1556, after a long struggle with chronic stomach ailments. Works and Legacy 
Ignatius Loyola's two most important works are Spiritual Exercises, written in 1522 through 1523 and published in 1548, and the Constitutions of the Society of Jesus in 1554. During 1553 through 1555, Ignatius dictated his life story to his secretary, Father Gonsalves de Camara. This autobiography is a valuable key for understanding uh, of his spiritual exercises. It was kept in the archives for about 150 years until the Bolandists published the text in Acta Santorum. A critical edition exists in Volume 1, 1943, of the Fontes Nar narrativi of the series Monumenta Historica Societis Societatis Lesu I don't know if I said that right Spiritual Exercises The Spiritual Exercises of Ignatius of Loyola written within 1522 through 1523 during his own spiritual retreat in the cave at Man Manresa are a, are a brief set of meditation prayers and mental exercises designed to be carried out over a period of 28 to 30 days and intended to enhance and strengthen religious faith. Ignatius made additions to it until 1935 during his studies in Paris and a few minor changes before it was approved for publication by Pope Paul III in 1548. During his lifetime, Ignatius used it to guide others, especially his followers. <coughs> Pardon me. During spiritual retreats, the book became a cornerstone to Jesuit spirituality and a component of the Jesuit Novaiate, Nov Novitiate, novitiate program and these words the exercises were were designed to be carried out in seclusion but in his introductory notes ignatius also provided a model for completing the exercise over a long period of period without the need of seclusion the exercises were designated to be carried out while under the direction of a spiritual director Ignatius considered the examine or spiritual self-review to be the most important part of the exercise. Ignatius' innovation was to make this style of contemplative mysticism available to all people in active life and to use it as means of rebuilding the spiritual life of the church. The exercises became both the basis for the training of the Jesuits themselves and one of the essential minister, ministries of the order, giving the exercises to other, others in what became known as retreats. The exercises is divided into four weeks of varying lengths with four major themes, sin, the life of Jesus, the passion of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, just based on this, man, like, there, there is, I mean, you can try to live the same way, but if you're trying to, like, emulate everything step by, if you're trying to be Jesus himself, 
I think that's, I honestly think that that's, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's right. I mean, you're trying to equate yourself to a God. I, I, that's what I, that's my personal opinion. So, you know, because Jesus, he's God's son, which means he has God in him. You know what I mean? I mean, we all have God in us, but being that he's of the breath, like he's part of God because he's God's son, which makes him a God as well. That makes any sense. And we can never, we can never attain being gods. And it seems to me, it just seems to me that, that these people were striving to be gods. That's, that's just how I see it. I move on. Daily instructions include various meditations and contemplations on the nature of the world, of human psychology as Ignatius understood it, and of man's relationship to God of Jesus Christ. During each day, a typical retreat uh, prays with a, a retreatant prays with a particular exercise as assigned by the director, reviews each prayer, and after four or five periods of prayer, reports back to the spiritual director of the retreat who helps him to understand what these experiences of prayer might mean. In Ignatius's spiritual exercises, God and the devil are presented as active players in the world and in the human psyche. The main aim of the exercises is to develop is the development within the human psyche of discernment or discernio. The ability to discern between good and evil spirits in order to act with the grace of God. There is an acknowledgement that the human soul is continually drawn in two directions towards godliness and at the same time tempted towards baseness in this context the retreatant is directed to reflect on humility self selflessness for the sake of the religious life and the tendency to fall into sin the exercises provide several illustrations of how to refrain from satiating one's lower desires and redirect one's energies towards the fulfillment of a higher purpose in life. In Jesuit thought, discernment, while on the one hand being an action of mysticism, can also be understood as a method of subjective ethical thoughts. The exercises emphasizes the role of one's own discernment in deciding what is the path to glory glorify god the right path quote in quotes discernment attempts to make a direction connection between the individual's thought and action and the grace of god the concept of discernment potentially emphasizes the mystical experience of the believer independent of church hierarchic hierarchic I'm sorry, hierarchical authority. I'm trying, everybody. I'm trying to read these words, man. 
This aspect of the spiritual exercises in typ is typical of the mysticism in Catholic thought and practice, which both preceded the Reformation and lived on within elements of counter-Reformation Catholicism. The Jesuits were a major factor in the counter-Reformation, and at times in history, progressive Jesuit action has brought the order into conflict with conservatives in the hierarchy. The spiritual exercises remain an integral part of the novitiate training period of the Roman Catholic religious order of Jesuits. Many local Jesuit outreach programs throughout the world employ the exercises in retreats for the public, for the general public. Beginning in the 1980s, Protestants have taken a growing interest in the spiritual exercises and recent 2006 adaptions specif specific to Protestant emphasis, uh, the emphasize the exercises as a school of contemplative prayer. Dude, oh, this is like an infiltration to, Protest to the Protestants. Man, I, I tell you, man, like these guys have so much influence, not not only within. I mean, it's a big influence within the Catholic Church, but now it's seeping out through the Protestant Church and seeping out to different sects of, you know, um, Christianity, which I don't like. And I don't I don't think it's a good thing either. I really don't. The exercises is still undertaken in its original form over a period of 30 days. <coughs> Pardon me. Throat's getting dry. Jesuit Constitutions. Ignatius began work on the Jesuit Constitutions in 1541. Except for the use of a few stock phrases, his work was entirely original and he made no references to the constitutions of other religious chapters. He renounced, it, uh, he renounced a chapter government by members of the order and instead stressed about oh wait, stressed absolute self-abnegation and obedience to the Pope and superiors. His main principle became the Jesuit motto, Ad Maiorem de Gloriam, which translates to For the Greater Glory of God. In favor of greater adaptability and mobility, he rejected some of the traditional forms of religious life, such as chanting the divine office, physical punishments, and the wearing of a distinctive religious habit. He increased the training period for novitiates, allowing them to enter simple vows at first and more solemn vows much later, and making it easier to separate from the order. After some consideration, he decided that women were best directed by women and rejected a female branch of the order. The Jesuit order is said to have been the first order to officially undertake in the articles of its constitution the education of youth of all classes, the instruction of the ignorant and the poor, ministry to prisoners and the sick, and foreign missions at the Pope's bidding. <clears throat> seems to me that that's the that's the class of people that's easily influenced uh, I'm just making an observation here 
Schools and Missions At the time of Ignatius Loyola's death, the Jesuit order had grown to about 1,000 Jesuits divided into 12 provinces, administrative units, three in Italy, three in Spain, two in Germany, one in France, one in Portugal, one in India, and one in Brazil. Ignatius had sent Francis Xavier to India and Peter Canisius uh, to Germany and had dispatched missionaries, missionaries to Ethiopia and the Congo region. As they developed, the Jesuits uh, concentrated on three activities. They founded schools throughout Europe with Jesuit teachers rigorously trained in both classical studies and theology. The Jesuits' second mission was to convert non-Christians to Catholic uh, Catholicism. By developing and sending out missionaries, their third goal was to stop, there it is, Protestantism from spreading. <laughs> you know, it, it, and we're going to get to that too. We're going to get to the history of this whole, you know, the with the Roman Catholic Church, what they've done to the Protestants. We're going to go through that too. When Ignatius died in 5056, the Jesuits were already operating a network of 74 colleges on three continents. A precursor to liberal education, the Jesuit plan of studies incorporated the classical teachings of Renaissance humanism into the scholastic structure of Catholic thought. Ignatius and the early Jesuits recognized that the hierarchical uh, church was in dire need to reform and some of their greatest efforts were against the corruption uh, venality and spiritual lassitude within the Catholic Church Ignatius's insistence on an extremely high level of academic preparation for ministry for instance was a deliberate response to the relatively poor education of much of the clergy of his time and the Jesuits uh, and the Jesuit vow against seeking ecclesiastical honors was a deliberate effort to prevent greed for money or power from invading Jesuit circles in Rome Ignatius founded the Roman College which later became the Gregorian University and the German German Germanicum Seminary, a seminary for German candidates for the priesthood. He also established a home for fallen women and one for converted Jews. Canonization. Ignatius was beatified by Paul V on July 27, 1609 and canonized by Gregory XV on May 22, 1622. His feast day is celebrated annually on July 31st, the day he died. St. Ignatius is venerated as the patron saint of Catholic soldiers. The, the ordinariate of the Philippine military, the Basque country, and various towns in, and cities in his native region. <clears throat> On April 22, 2006, Feast of Our Lady, Mother of the Society of Jesus, Pope Benedict XVI said that St. Ignatius of Loyola 
was above all a man of God who gave the first place of his life to God to his greater glory and his greater service. He was a man of profound prayer which found its center and its culmination in the daily Eucharistic celebration. In this way, he left his followers a precious spiritual inheritance that must not be lost or forgotten. As a man of God, and believe me, they always use God's name to do whatever they want. St. Ignatius was a faithful servant of the church. <coughs> Excuse me. In which he saw and found the spouse of the Lord and the mother of Christians. And from the desire to serve the church in a more useful and effective way was born the vow of special obedience to the Pope, who he classified as our first and principal foundation. Constitutions of the Society of Jesus 1, 162. And once again, this came from newworldencyclopedia.org. If you're interested in looking it up to see for yourself, feel free to do so. It's not my work. This is their work. And I'm just merely setting the... I'm just setting the tone of where we're going to be going. Because obviously we're going to be talking about the Jesuit order. We just have to start with the founder of the Jesuit order. Anyhow, that was a very, very long read. <coughs> My throat is very dry. So, there's, you know, um, there's a lot of things that weren't in this that um, I, I, I'm still trying to find my research paper on the Jesuits because there was it, it touched a little bit on the history of <clears throat> Ignatius. It did a little bit. Yeah, he was he he became like this after going into battle because he, you know, he had a leg injury. And uh, I don't know, man. These uh, these so-called spiritual exercises could be a means of conjuring up the devil. That's just my opinion. Um, and not only that, but these guys work in secret, and you know, God never, God never keeps a secret from us. He doesn't. He's very, God is very straightforward with us. He tells us that he shows us the truth. Sometimes we just can't see it because we're, you know, some of us have very, very little faith. Some of us don't even have faith. And some who say they do have faith, they really don't have faith because they still, I don't know. They, they they believe that there is a God, but they don't believe that the God is almighty, that he can do everything for us. You know, hence a very weak faith. I mean, out front, you could say you have a strong faith, but behind closed doors, you still rely on man to solve your problems and for other stuff. When clearly God wants us to go to him for what we need. I mean, I know, I know I do because there's, there's many things that man can't provide, cannot. 
There's many things that man can't provide, and only God can. So, I don't know. That's my take. That's my take. So anyhow, um, <clears throat> we're gonna end it here for tonight. Uh, I'm really excited about the direction that I'm taking this show into. <clears throat> Hopefully, it educates some people out there, and also convinces people to find that relationship with God, as that's the main goal for this recorded content. Uh, and I'm very excited that I came back. I know it's been a it's been a few months. It's almost been a year, to be honest almost been a year and it's time for me to get back on this i mean it's only one recorded show a week i should be able to put more time into this so there you have it anyhow before i let you guys go you know as i always close the show off always be kind to one another and uh when an opportunity presents itself to pick somebody up, please do so. You know, we've all been through something in our life where we needed somebody to pick us up. And it was always a good feeling when somebody did pick us up. And not only that, but that's the way we build each other up. The more we do this for each other, the less we can rely on government to pick us up because government's not going to be there to pick us up. Matter of fact, they're there to use us and just we're we're disposal. We're very disposable to the government. They don't care about us. All we got is each other. And we gotta we gotta help each other out. So, with all that being said, the bar is now closed. It's more than a passing notion I've never fallen with such devotion I can't help but wonder If it's only a dream Am I naive or can believe that things are really as they seem Can anyone explain it How to understand what's true I know I just can't take Whenever I'm with you I can't help but wonder If you wonder about me Cause lately I can't help but wonder how wonderful this might be 
Can anyone explain it? How to understand what's true? I know I just can't take it. Whenever I Cause lately I can't help but wonder How wonderful this might be Cause lately I can't help but wonder 